Hello again, my name is Dwayne Spearman. I'm the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. I also serve churches in the areas of pulpit supply, conferences, retreats, and revivals as the Lord provides opportunity. If I can ever be of service to you or your ministry, I would love to hear from you. Let's go ahead and open our Bibles again to Jude, the little epistle of Jude. Last time we got down through verse number four, uh, we were talking about these ungodly men that had crept into the church, uh, these false prophets, uh, wolves wearing sheep's clothing. And we talked about how that not everything that or everyone that claims to be a child of God is truly a child of God. Today we live in an age where we want to say that we're all children of God. Well, the Bible doesn't bear that out. Uh, Jesus said, "You're either a child of me, you're a child of your father, or you're a child of the devil, one or the other." Only born again children of God. Now, yes, we all creations of God. God created us. But again, you don't have that father-child relationship with God the Father except through salvation as is borne out in the scriptures and then now we're going to pick up verse number five i will therefore now therefore in lieu of everything that i've just said the fact that i sat down to write unto you of the common salvation that we all share but i found it more needful to address this issue of these false teachers that are bringing these false doctrines into the church i will therefore I want to go ahead and because of that, put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this. And again, I'm when you know, when I when I stand up and teach or I preach, I'm probably not telling most of the congregation something they've never heard before. Uh, but we all need <clears throat> reminders. You know, I fly a lot, and every time I get on the plane, inevitably that stewardess is going to get up in the middle and she's going to tell me how to put my seatbelt on. She's going to tell me where the exit rows are. She's going to tell me that my seat cushion may be used as a flotation device. She's going to tell me to what the crash position looks like. I've been on thousands of flights, but she reminds me of that over and over. She puts that into my remembrance. You know, it's like, uh, you know, the scriptures talk about girding up your loins. She just wants to gird me up a little bit to remind me I'm on an airplane now. And uh, she reminds me for my benefit. So too, you know, uh, Jude here is saying, though you once knew this, I know you guys know this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, so he's going back into the Old Testament, and, you know, bear in mind when he said this, there was no, quote, Old Testament, because there was no New Testament. So he's reminding them of the, you know, the books of Moses back in what we call the Old Testament, how that the Lord saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believe not. And then he goes on and gives them another example. And the angels that kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness to the judgment of the great day. And then he goes on and reminds them of how Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner given themselves over to fornication have gone after strange flesh. So he's going to give them three examples now about how rebellion and disobedience and following false teachings and not listening to God, how God dealt with that in times past. So he's just reminding them now, bear in mind, the whole, the whole theme, the whole context of this, book, of this book is false teachers that are bringing in false teachings or doctrines into the church. And he's saying, I just want to remind you how God deals 
with rebellion, how God deals with people who do not do what he tells them to do, how he uh, how he, he punishes them. And he's going to remind them about the children of Israel when they were, they were freed from Egypt. He's going to remind them about these angels that didn't keep their first estate. And then he's going to remind them of Sodom and Gomorrah, how they gave themselves over to fornication and strange flesh, and how God brought judgment on those people in times past. Now, the first one we're going to look at is the children of Israel. And notice it says uh, how that the Lord saved the people out of the land of Egypt. Now, these people were the Hebrews. They were the Jews. Of course, uh, Jude's audience knew full well it was them that God saved out of the land of Egypt so many years ago. And yet afterward, he ended up destroying those who did believe not. And we know that Everyone over the age of 20 died in the 40-year journeys and wilderness uh, and did not ever make it into the promised land. Why? Because of their unbelief. Uh, because they didn't listen to the promises of God. They listened to the naysayers. They listened to the ones that didn't believe God. You know, many times in the Old Testament, you, you or even in the New Test Testament, you see the term, the day of provocation. And what that means is the day that you provoked me. When did the children of Israel provoke God? Well, they provoked God a lot, just like you and I provoke God. But there was one specific time that they provoked God that he refers to repeatedly. It's when the 12 spies went into the land and God said, I'm going to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to give you cities that you did not build. I'm going to give you um, vineyards that you did not plant. And Moses sent the 12 spies into the land, and only two of those guys came back with a positive report, Joshua and Caleb. The others said, man, you know, there's giants in the land. We can't do it. It doesn't matter what God said. Those people are too big. That was the day, the Lord says, that you provoked me. That was the day you did not believe the promises that I gave to you. As a result, Joshua and Caleb were the only two out of all of those who were freed from Egypt that actually was able to walk over into the promised land because they believed the promises of God. But all the rest of them, their carcasses, the Bible says, fell in the wilderness. Now, it's interesting that on another note, Jude, um, <clears throat> the writing, the little epistle Jude, if you set it down beside of Second Peter, they are remarkably similar in their writings. In 2 Peter chapter 2, I'll show you what I'm talking about. In 2 Peter chapter number 2, Peter says in verse number 1, but there were false prophets also among the people. So both of them are dealing with the issue of these false teachers that are bringing in these damnable heresies, these ungodly men that were, that or, that were ordained to condemnation. <clears throat> he says, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you. So beloved, are there false teachers among us? Yes, there are. Um, I could point some of them out to you. Uh, but they will be among you. They will privately or privily bring in damnable heresies. In other words, that word privily means that they don't advertise that they're heretics. They don't advertise, welcome to the false prophet show. Um, instead, they bring it in privily. They bring it in on the DL, as the young people say. It's on the download. They bring down the download. They bring in these damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them. In other words, they're denying salvation. 
They've turned their back on the Lord Jesus Christ, and they're going to bring upon themselves swift destruction. God's going to destroy them for what they're doing. And many will follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. They're going to speak evil of you and I who believe the word of God. They're going to speak evil of you and I who placed our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, who believe in the promises of Christ, who believe that one day he's going to come back and take us. They're going to look at us like we're a bunch of whack jobs and like we believe a bunch of little fairy tales. They're going to look at us like we're crazy. Now, he's talking about people who are in the church here. Did you, you, you read that, right? These are people who are in the church. People are following their pernicious ways. And because of that, the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. So when you and I speak the truth to them, the societal ills that are going along around us, and we say something about it and we point to the word of God, they're going to look at us and they're going to speak evil of us because of that. And through covetousness, uh, 2 Peter 2, 3, shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. In other words, fake words. We're talking fake news here, okay? They will pretend, but, but, but it's all a ruse. They're using you. They're using you to make merchandise, to get what they can out of you. Of course, it's referring to those who have succumbed to their false teaching. I hope that's not you. I know for sure it's not me. Whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not. The wrath of God abideth upon them. God is going to bring judgment on them hard and heavy, is what he's saying. And their damnation slumbereth not. In other words, God hasn't forgotten. It's going to come just a matter of time. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell. Notice that's one of the examples that Jude gave as well, and we'll talk about them, uh, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and turned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes. And there's another example that both of these guys share in regards to false teachings and unbelief. Um, with an overthrow, making them an example to those who should live ungodly. In other words, we should be able to look back and see how God dealt with the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and how he dealt with the rebellion of the angels in time past. And it should scare us to the point that we don't do the same. Of course, that's not always the case, but they serve as an example. And delivered just lot vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Now he uses lot. Uh, and uh, you know, uses another example that Jude does not use. Instead, Jude talks about the children of Israel. Uh, Jude talks about the fallen angels and Sodom and Gomorrah. So Jude's Jude's examples are just one different than 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 Peter's examples. But both of them are talking about those in time past who rebelled, who followed the false teachers, who listened to those, the naysayers who mocked God and how God brought judgment upon them. So it almost seems like Jude and Peter are, are using the same notes, if you will. So let's go ahead and break down this real quick. Uh, running out of time here. Um, the children of Israel, number one. Uh, first, Jude shows how God dealt with the disobedience of the children of Israel who were saved miraculously out of Egypt only to die in the desert of disobedience. 
40 years walking in circles because they would not believe in the promises of God. Instead, they provoked God. They listened to uh, the spies that came back with the negative report. So too, some in the church today have been miraculously, miraculously saved. They've been born again, but they're dying in the desert. They were, they're walking in circles because they will not believe and are living lives of disobedience. You know what? God wants to bless his children, but he cannot if we're walking in disobedience. He wants to bless, but he can't because of our freedom of choice. Many who are, who are in the church have chosen to seek and serve self and not the God of their salvation. God will never violate our wills, at least not in this life. You see, every knee bowing and every tongue confessing one day, it's not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when. Um, you know, so as children of God, we can actually live a life of disobedience that causes us to, re to lose the blessings that God desires to give to us. He can't because he does not reward bad behavior just like a good parent would not reward bad behavior. You know, I've heard many Christians who are out there uh, that are walking around out of God's will say, well, I don't live under the law anymore. I live under grace. Now, I suppose that that's some kind of excuse to justif justify their lives of disobedience, but it's not. Because the problem is that, yes, we can choose to live under grace, but when we sin, um, the law condemns us still. The law still brings about uh, punishment, if you will. We do have the ability to live under grace through obedience, but we also have the ability to live under the law through disobedience. You see, God told the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 30, 19, I call heaven and earth to record to you against, the, against this day that I have set before you life and death. I've given you a choice. I've given you the choice of blessing. I've given you the choice of cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live. If we choose life through obedience, God will bless. He will open the windows of heaven and pour us out such a blessing that we will not even be able to receive it. But if we choose disobedience, by default, we have chosen death and God will bring about cursing on our lives. Now, bear in mind, he's speaking to the children of God here in these verses. He's saying, I put you into remembrance, though you once knew that how the Lord saved the people out of the land of Egypt. He's speaking his, to his audience. This letter is not addressed to the false teachers. This letter is not addressed to the ungodly men who are before ordained to condemnation. This letter is addressed um, to us so we can walk like the children of Israel. But understand, if we choose to walk in disobedience, God will bring cursing into our lives. And I'm convinced that's why so many Christians are wandering in the wilderness. They're just not entering into the joy of the Lord. Why? Because they have, they're weighted down with sin. Uh, the Bible says that we are to lay aside every weight, every sin that so easily besets us. Let me ask you something. Examine your life. And see, is there an area where you have not obeyed God? Obey him today. 
if you don't, you're under the weight, if you will, of that sin. You're under the, you know, God forgives sin, but he doesn't forgive the consequences. Young girl goes out and gets pregnant. God will forgive her for that act of fornication. But guess what? Nine months later, she's still going to have a baby. Unless she, she opts for murder, you know, which makes it even worse for her. But nine months later, there's going to be consequences that she's going to have to live with for the rest of her life. God does forgive the sin, but he does not forgive the consequences. And a lot of believers, even I myself, have and still are walking in the consequences of my sin. You know, but his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He says he will help us with those things. Are you walking in the joy of the Lord? Or are you walking around in the wilderness and have not found the joy of your salvation through disobedience? Repent, come to God today, and he will forgive. Listen, God bless you. I hope that you have a great day. Remember that God loves you, wants the best for you, and he's working all things out for your good.